Welcome back to another episode of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. Might only have a few episodes left. Got to make this one count. Good morning, Tom Brady. Enjoy your run. Nice of you to say hello to uh, the uh, AFC championship contender, Tom Brady, just to start the show. It's exciting. That's exactly who I was talking to. He's a big fan. He's a big fan. Some got some comments for us sometimes, but I, uh, you know, I respect what he does. I, uh, I'm so excited for the show. You've got the positive energy after driving in today. It's been a good week. You know, we got a lot to talk about. Steelers, of course, we'll talk about their tough loss. Uh, we'll talk about the AFC Championship. We've got our world-famous headlines, listener of the week. Uh, you'll talk about what was edited. But first, you know, we, let's let's do some housekeeping, you know. Let's <laughs> talk a little a little business. You don't seem totally fired up with the NFL right now. I'm uh, it, uh, that's uh, that's fair to say. Uh I think this uh, this is the final run of podcasting. <laughs> we were talking about whether or not we can do some in the off season. Maybe come back next season. I would say maybe next season is still on the table, but uh, but there will be no off season for RJVP. Uh, it's the, the I'll say this: the NFL Network does not know how to appreciate talent, <laughs> and that that has come through uh, more and more clearly. And there was a uh, I would say that like a line was drawn, mm. and uh, and it was not it was not crossed. You know, I think. If people don't, if people aren't as talented as I am, they don't know how you're supposed to be treated. <laughs> but you need to feel like you're appreciated. Yeah. And you cannot be uh, what I'll go ahead and say uh, is being screwed with. And and you you've kind of you're not you're a little bit to blame. But yeah, I forgive you, you. I forgive you immediately because you are my best friend. But Fred, the rest of the network, Fred. best friend. That's why I'm here. That's the only reason that I'm here is because we're best friends. And I wanted to work with you, but I can only abide so much disrespect <laughs> from the league. And it has been coming in waves and droves, and I, uh, I'm out. Once once you flip a switch mentally, you're you're done. But you're a professional, so you're gonna, you know, keep trucking. We're going through here. You know, you're still gonna knock it out these last few shows. But y- you have put a lot of it on me. I mean, you're saying that I don't know how to manage talent, as if uh, I'm somehow responsible for for dealing with you. Yeah, you know what I mean, I mean, because you're, you're the only one I talk to here. Everyone else at the NFL Network is a coward and won't come anywhere near me, and I and rightly so. I understand I'm a little intimidating, but I haven't spoken to anyone else. You're the only one I talk to, and so if you if you mess things up, then it becomes a big deal. But again, I forgive you immediately. Right. Uh, you are the father of my godchildren, and I love you, and that's the reason that I'm here. But this this podcast was over the second I called my valet this afternoon and told them to get my car so I could drive here. <laughs> over. You're going to put me out of a job. You realize that, right? Yeah, Brandon was vi- – we started talking about this a little before the show, and Brandon, our producer, that's who just stepped in if you're a new listener, uh, he seems crestfallen. This this is really all he's got going for him right this now. This kind of sucks. I mean, I've been trying lie. to get Brandon fired since the day one of the uh, <laughs> Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity Project. RGHVP. But, uh, but, yeah, and it's not, it's not a sad story. I mean, everything comes to an end. As I told Brandon uh, before the podcast, a thing is not beautiful because it lasts forever. And yes, that is a quote from Avengers 2. Uh, I'm going to be quoting it a lot in the, uh, in the few remaining podcasts. And don't be sad. You know, just be happy that I ever did this, that I ever did any of you the favor of coming here to this, what I'm going to go ahead and call, in quotes, a network that does not know how to handle talent and, and do this podcast with my best friend, Greg. 
I think we've handled we've handled it well. If anything, we've put out the great art, you know, a great product that people are still going back to and say they're starting at the very first episode and listening to. So, you know, these shows can last. Forever. Yeah, we filled a void. You know, people say the NFL Network has never been funny. There's a reason for that. <laughs> and once I'm done after, uh, we're definitely doing next week. And then maybe one after the Super Bowl, probably after the Super Bowl, and that will be the great RJ, RJVP wrap-up show. Uh, and I think that I think it's a good news for the fans because now that we don't have to try to keep this going forever, I can really take the gloves off. You know what I mean? I can really – it's claws out for the last, uh, last three episodes. And, uh, and I can do whatever I want. It's almost like if you see a miniseries, if you watch Fargo, if you watch the ten episodes of Fargo, anyone can die, anything can happen because it's got to mm. end. They don't need to re-sign actors. You know, they don't need to worry about stretching out the story for another season. It's just there's a beginning and an end, and now there's an end to the Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity project. Yeah, it's JVP. tough. Dang. <laughs> can't even remember to do that anymore. Greg's already checked out. It's over. It's Greg's tough. So you, know, I was, you know, we we talked on the phone last night. We actually it was, we were going back and forth a little. Anthony was getting annoyed with me. I was thinking save this good heat for the podcast. Uh, and then you know the, I felt a little I felt a little melancholy knowing that knowing that it was I understand but you know. just know that if if you and I weren't best friends I would not have been here well, no, today yeah, no, I would not have come in today okay today yeah I am oh, no I am, kidding uh, I I am here I am here for for you and for the friendship I wanted to go out on a good note uh, but your bosses and your bosses bosses need to get it together. And is there some sort of Hail Mary pass they could do to keep me here? It would have to be something dramatic. What I have asked for and was not given is now, if they got me a golden retriever with an Airbud jersey, that might that might that would go a long way. Maybe a speaking role on the next Airbud movie. I know that they're they're a that wa- I could have if I tweeted I wanted it. They're a wash in money over there after coming out with Monty the Monkey this month, just blowing up Absolutely. DVD sales. If they need a villain for Airbud for uh, Monty the Monkey two, then I'm in. Touchdown, Airbud. I'm in. But I'll say this: I mean, this is not this is this is totally within my mo to act this way and be this way. I don't get bitter, Greg. I get angry, and then I use that anger. To fuel my comedy. I worked with Comedy Central yes. for seven or eight years, and I burned that to the ground. Could they give me something to get me back on that network? Yes, but it hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> Do you understand? Like when they I, – I remember when you had your show and you, would, you were telling me stories how they would give you notes, you know, and they wanted you to do certain things. And you would essentially do an entire segment – just as a more or less a middle finger to them responding to their notes and mm-hmm. that really no one outside of, you know, Comedy Central or me, who you happen to have told the story to, would fully understand that was the whole purpose of you spending three minutes on a national broadcast. That's right. They would say, Anthony, no one gets this joke but you and us <laughs> and we're upset by it. And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't give me notes. Um, and that's, of course, not why I burn things down with Comedy Central. There's more to it than that. But uh, but I, uh, I am right. I'm an artist, and I'm a great one, and I'm going to continue. Well, one of the Ask Anthony questions this week, and we'll, we'll get to Ask Anthony later, was why is Greg so positive, which you know, I took as a compliment. Um, and I'm so positive that I, I don't even quite believe this whole thing quite yet because you're going to your show last night. You're working on building up a new set, right? Mm-hmm. And a couple audience members last night go up to you, and they go, RGVP. They didn't whisper. And it's catching on. They didn't whisper, which annoyed me. It's catching on. Of course it's catching on. We have an audience, which is why if we had no audience, then none of these things would upset me as much as they do. Does that make sense? Like, I've got the power. I've got the sword. And it's growing. Sure. And, I mean, it can grow. But They launched R&B podcast around the same time 
Yeah, it's got a fraction of the numbers. Of course. They don't have me. <laughs> and I bet they're treated better than I'm treated over there at the RV podcast. I guarantee it. Well, they're paid. I guarantee it. But again, I'll say it again. A thing is not beautiful because it lasts forever. Brandon, what movie is it from? Obviously Avengers. Avengers 2! Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Right. This is I'll why we want Sydney two. back. All right, let's... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's do what was cut. Me and my team played the deuce Back when you used to think you could boost your high with a loose In front of the old Port Authority I was the bust down king New Port Authority That was your old Droog with new fire 40 Deuce it, it, What I love about 40 Deuce, the title of it Is it's the number 42 Like a Jackie Robinson, number 42 But then in parentheses it says 40 Deuce For white boys like me Who wouldn't know how to say it otherwise 40 mm-hmm. Deuce, uh, oh, your old Droog, my boy Dropped some fire <laughs> Uh, Monday night. You sound, it on you sound like a white boy when you say fire. I am a white boy. I mean, I I, uh, I will sound like a white boy when I say fire, that's for sure. And I don't like – I'll probably never say it again. But he did drop some fire. Uh, <laughs> he did drop some fire on, so uh, on Shade 45. That's Eminem Station on Sirius mm. XM Radio and uh, premiered a couple new songs. We're going to be playing clips of them. I, I emailed your old Drew and I said, hey, man, love the new stuff. If you send it to me, I'll play it on the podcast. And he said, thank you very much. So we're going to be playing a lot of clips from 40 Deuce, which is a great song, and uh, a new one called Listen. He's kind of the unofficial soundtrack. You know, we, Roger Goodell, of course, has been a big-time DJ mm-hmm. and supporter, but your old Drew was there first. He's such a big fan that he now follows me on Twitter. So that's big. That is big. That is, you told me he's got, he's got the, like the first episode of our podcast on his webpage, right? Something, Something like that, like that yeah. yeah. On a SoundCloud page. Uh, I'm, a bi- I'm a big fan, uh, and we will be working together. We will be having collaborations. Maybe I'll do a podcast with your old Droog on the NBA network. <laughs> Edited to keep Greg's job. Let's do what was cut. Uh, last week, all of the curse words from what was cut last week uh, were bleeped out one by one. Uh, a lot of F-bombs. Just a series of different F-bombs. Maybe, maybe a uh, and a shh in there. But uh, but those were all those are all that's a, that's bleeping 101. You guys know what that is. Uh, we also had a bleep of a. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, um, which is a fun word. I don't know why we were calling it that. And then uh, the f bomb with an ing at the end of it, an ers and an ing. Those were both bleeped out. Uh, I made a uh, comment about Roger Goodell's relationship with John Clayton. I think I'm allowed to say that. Edited because John Clayton is the baddest mother on the planet. Uh, Gonna have to edit that probably even too. No. Yeah, jo- probably. John Clayton, by the way, appeared on SportsCenter this week in a sleeveless uh, Slayer shirt. I don't know if you've seen that. I did not. It was a Slayer? Why? I could see Motorhead because he's like upset about Motorhead being gone. And Clayton's a headbanger. It Clayton was, gets down. Clayton's my boy. I like a callback like to that commercial he did, but he, but he appeared live on TV. It's one of the more horrifying things that, that you'll ever want to see. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, um, but I but I love Clayton. Clayton can wear whatever he wants. Uh, maybe I'll do a podcast with Clayton. Uh, I bet he knows how to treat a man. Um, what we, we something else was cut. Uh, we talked about what was a worse ending, Cincinnati, uh, the Cincinnati loss to the Steelers or Minnesota's loss to uh, to Seattle. I don't know why that was cut. Why was that cut? Was it just boring? It may have just been boring. I may have made a joke uh, that was inappropriate. Who knows? Uh, and then I I I had made a David Bowie joke. Uh, during my Carolina prediction that mm. had to be cut uh, for sheer offensiveness. Um, I thought it was a pretty good joke. I made several Bowie jokes last week. Um, they were all good, uh, but one was uh, objectionable, so they took it out. I don't remember what it was, but that was what was cut. 
Let's get the headlines. That was your old Droog, a song called Listen, John Wayne remix. Again, you cannot find these your old Droog tracks in stores or anywhere else. Maybe he's, maybe he's got on a SoundCloud, maybe you can listen to him, but I, I urge everyone to go onto iTunes, go to your local store, and look up your old Droog, Y-O-U-R-O-L-D-D-R-O-O-G, and buy, uh, buy his albums. He puts out a lot of mixtapes, but he also has stuff for sale, and I, uh, I suggest you all support him. Greg, what's our first headline? It is starting in Denver, where the Pittsburgh Steelers broke our podcast host heart. Mr. Anthony Jeselnik. And now now it's all kind of coming together, the timeline of everything. Because I saw you Friday night. We went out with a friend and, and uh, my wife. And, you know, we got some food, good laughs, some shaved ice. Anthony's in a great mood. He had a great, great week. It's relaxing. And then the Steelers game ha- happens on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's more drama uh, with the NFL. I'm getting very sternly worded emails uh, from oh, Anthony. we didn't even get into that. I didn't even, I didn't even talk about oh the email. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I want to read that out loud. You, can't, well, you, can, you can read the one that you – That's uh, not even – I've got to say this. I wrote an email saying, Greg, send this to your – you read this. You said you could send it to your – And then send it and then send it to the higher-ups to let them know how serious I am. And you edited the email. Barely. And sent it up the chain. Barely. Without telling me you're editing it. This is another one of the things that you have messed up in our, in our ongoing negotiations. I stand by my editor, my editing. That's my title. That's what I do. I'm an what editor. What did you think would happen when you edited something and then told me after the fact that you edited it? Well, I'm just, Shane. you know. You'd be like, hey, do you mind if I edit this? And I would have said either no or yes, but you cannot do something and then ask me about it afterwards. I learned that the hard cannot. way. Yes. That's why, that's why I sent Brandon to go, uh, to go teach, a, teach at a, a women's missionary school in, uh, in Canada. Well, I'm honest. I'm going to tell you what I did. I'm not going to try to that's hide it. That's not honest. I'm not going to hide it after the fact. I should have checked it out. Anyway, maybe uh, we'll read this email in, in on our last show or something. Pitts, like Pittsburgh lost because it's great. Pittsburgh it, and it did not break my heart. I did not expect. Uh, I did not expect uh, much from that game. Let, Big Ben. They got to build a statue to this guy right now. That was an amazing performance. Um, and and it was it was a tough loss. I mean, it's tough to lose a game like that with the fumble. I expected it was going to go that way. You know, the, the momentum was was shifting. I I the whole time I assumed we were going to lose. We were just too banged up. If we have Antonio Brown in there. Maybe we uh, maybe we take that game, but it was uh, it, I was not as upset as I would have been if we had lost to Cincinnati. That's that. that's fine, but I feel like you're trying to stop your emotions from coming out here. You were so afraid of feeling vulnerable watching this game that you watched it on mute that's while right. occasionally looking through a book because essentially you didn't. You're so it makes you so crazy and into the game when you're watching it that you almost needed to kind of take it down a notch and put it on mute. No, I think maybe I, I have myself in check, but only because my expectations were so low that I thought I still want to watch the game. I support my team. They're going to do their best. But I'm not going to get fired up be running around the room like I normally would be just because we were so injured. Everyone was so hurt, and the Steelers played their hearts out. The defense was amazing. I was so proud of the way that we played, but I was not surprised at all that we, that we lost the game. I was so disappointed. I thought the Steelers were going to win that game. And that's the thing. That's where, not to rub it in, they they could have won that game. Mm-hmm, they course. had they had a good chance to win that game. They had the ball. They had a one point lead. I felt like they could have even had a bigger lead at that point. I thought they were the better team for most of the day. And as as a selfish Patriots fan, I was looking forward to maybe a home game. And as a selfish podcast host, I wanted the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project Bowl. RGVP Bowl. 
can't see. You I'm can't ad can lib a bowl. Wait, what? Not telling me that's not part of it. I was just no. having some fun. It's not. I'm I'm with you, Brandon. I'm upset. Um, yeah, that would have been fun. It would have been fun, but it would not have changed where we are with this podcast had we been playing. Mm. But the big story we're getting into here after that game is the are the Bengals getting back into it and trolling the Steelers after the loss. And the NFL, Greg, and you've got something to do with this too. The NFL endorsed it. What do you mean we endorsed the NFL, it? The official NFL Twitter account, which has millions of followers, retweeted Bengals trolling the Steelers after they lost without comment, just saying, like, look at this, well, which, I think is, which I think is unsportsmanlike by the league and by the Bengals, for sure. Well, George Aloka who had a good season as a safety for the Bengals. I know he's not a well-known player, but good player for the Bengals this year. He he really started it, and he said, and just like that, all is right with the world again. World emoji, happy emoji, some sort of other happy emoji. How would you describe that one, Anthony? Uh, I would say like a purple devil, like a devil that's holding his breath. I have my closure now, uh, Aloka said, with, with a peace sign. Uh, and there were there were lots of Bengals that really jumped in, and so that was what the article was that you're talking about that the NFL sent out that all these Bengals players uh, were really getting excited. Jeremy Hill sent out one with a frog and a cup of coffee. I don't even really understand what that could possibly mean. I don't know. I don't know what any of these things mean. I mean, the Bengals got their closure when they threw away the game at home against the Steelers the week before. <laughs> it's the lamest thing these guys could do. If you play for the Bengals and you've already been knocked out of the playoffs, the only thing you should be celebrating on Twitter is getting cut from the Bengals next year. You guys are awful. Awful. It was a tough week in terms of teams basically being sore losers or sore winners. I agree. This isn't a good look. Ray Malaluga sent one out. I can finally sleep in peace. You know, another one, Mohamed Sanu said, mood, uh, happy, happy, happy. Listen, I understand that they are their rivals. They, do, they root against each other. But I think it's good in the playoffs when you get beat, you root for the team that beat you to go all the way because then you feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Like, at least I got beat by the champs. And the Bengals don't know what that's like. They don't know what it's like to have class. It's like the Bengals, I think, are like the official team of the NFL Network. <laughs> the Bengals weren't the only team uh, that didn't handle the postgame situation well. The Broncos, after winning the game, alleged, and I'm really talking about cornerback Aqib Tlaib talk, talked about it, uh, he basically said that Ben was faking his injury. Which I love. Like, this made me laugh so hard. That's insane. You think he took himself out of the Cincy game, <laughs> then came back in and refused to throw for more than 10 yards downfield. Then he set up his favorite receiver for a concussion, so they could put the game on Joey Porter's shoulders for a chance to kick a last-second field goal just so they could get into Denver's head the following week? That's what you think? Then I think Peyton Manning has been faking injuries for the past three years so he can go do more nationwide commercials. That's my theory. That is so stupid. The internal biological mental mechanism Let me know the exact time to pass it. Ace, eat a hot dog, get mustard on your face. 42nd Street is the place. That was your old Droog. With more, more of that hot fire, 40 deuce. I think this might be one of my favorite old Droog songs. Definitely top five, and I love your old Droog. But uh, 40 deuce might end up being my favorite when all is said and done. It was convenient for you that your old Droog stepped up to the plate this week with some new material uh, right when your relationship with our, our usual music consultant, Roger Goodell, is starting to fracture. Yeah, it's coming apart at the seams. Uh, after everything I've done for him. Demarius Thomas. Enjoyed the playoff win uh, over the Steelers this week, of course. Not a huge game for Demarius Thomas, but it was a special moment in his life because his mom, Katina Smith, watched him play for the first time in person 
since he was 11 years old. So, of course, the first time since he's been in the NFL. That's a nice story. Katina Smith was released from jail this past November. She was part of the 45 people that were pardoned by President Barack Obama uh, commuting a drug sentence, which she received many years ago, a, a nine, nonviolent drug offense. Yeah. So basically anyone in that group of people essentially got to leave jail early. She would have, she would have gotten out anyways uh, as part of you know, changing federal law. So it's a cool story. She finally got to go. Uh, I think now at this point in the season, she no longer had to be on house arrest, basically, where she, she was to and go to a halfway state. house. Yeah, she could yeah. leave the state. And uh, and she watched her son play. Yeah, it was really nice. And uh, afterwards, Peyton Manning gave Demarius Thomas's mom the game ball, or at least that's what she says. That's like, uh, you know, I'm like insinuating that she stole it. <laughs> Nonviolently. That was your old droog. For a second, I thought you were implying that it was actually Johnny Manziel who was at the game. Watch, watch. Oh, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel dressed up like Demarius Thomas's mother. <laughs> To go to the game? That would be a great <laughs> prank on Demarius Thomas. So I guess who's in the stands? Oh, it's my mom for the first time? <laughs> nope. It's Johnny Football. Another mystery this week. Who made the sound effect? And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Uh, during the Steelers and Broncos game, uh, a lot of people believe that Phil Simms, a CBS announcer, let one go during the game. And let, let's just listen to the clip. Yeah. Visit NFLflag.com. <laughs> All right, Phil, we start the fourth quarter here. The Broncos accepted that penalty. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. That's what they're saying? There was like a whole story about this. They I heard like, that who, too. They were like, who passed gas in the booth? Uh, I'm, let's, let's call it a fart. Let's call it what it is. It's a it's a fart. Um, let's hear it again. Let's just, let's just just give me the audio of the uh, of the fart. Visit NFLflag.com. You've given us way too much. Listen, learn to love it. That's the NFL. <laughs> All right, Phil, we start the here. I like that they just they just pass right by it. Um, that's Phil Sims. I love how you were caught off guard just now. The second time we played it, you like leaned back. You gave us because you gave us so much. You gave us so much time. It was like the lead up. I've forgotten. I caught you by surprise. It's like a great you know, movie scene where it's just building up the drama. You know it's coming, mm-hmm. and it's coming. You believe it was Phil Sims. That's Phil Sims. I'd know that fart anywhere. <laughs> That's Phil Sims. And if it's not Phil Sims, it's got to be Chris Sims. <laughs> Maybe Matt Sims, depending on what he's eating. But it's definitely a Sims. That was your old Droog, a little more 40 Deuce. I think we'll end up playing the whole, all of 40 Deuce. If you're not a fan of 40 Deuce by the end, you're not a fan of me. And that means you work for the NFL Network. Uh, by the way, I, I want to say with that last clip, uh, another potential suspect is one of those little kids from the punt pass and kick competition. They're excited. They're on TV. And it reminds me, I, I didn't even realize that was the part of the game. 
That is the most annoying moment of the entire NFL season, and it happens every year. I don't know if you've noticed this. I have noticed The it. end of the third quarter of one of the divisional round games. It always seems to be on CBS, I think, but, but it might not be. It might just be the last game of the weekend in the divisional round. You're all excited. It's almost always a close game. You get back from break, and suddenly there's a bunch of 11, 12-year-olds who won their punt, pass, and kick competition. And the game is stopped at that point. It is a totally wild time to stop stop a game at, at that point. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I'll tell you why it's great. Okay? Because every time they do that, they go back and they show the old footage of Andy Reid <laughs> right. winning as a 12-year-old. And he is a monster. He is exactly the size and shape he is now, only he's 12 years old. And it is one of the funniest things you'll ever see. He's got the mustache. Like, it is crazy. And they do it every year. It is That's one of the, love it. It's one of the best things ever. And they don't have a uniform that can possibly fit him. <laughs> no. So it doesn't work at all. It also, it also seems like a weird competition at this point, that two-thirds of the competition is kicking the ball. Like, yeah. that's not a very good reflection of football skills. No. That's why none of these people ever make it except for Uncle Andy. The Seahawks this week went down in tough fashion in Carolina. And a lot of people were frustrated. The Seahawks, they're just used to making the Super Bowl at that point. And their frustration came out online, on Twitter, on Facebook. They were not happy with Cam Newton. One of the most famous reasons for it was this Facebook post from a woman who wrote a letter to Cam Newton. It's the second time this year we have a famous letter to Cam Newton. Yeah, and I love uh, – I, I like that people – and I always say, like, if you're upset, be upset that you lost the game. Don't be upset with Cam Newton because he's having too much fun. I think – and again, I, I always say it, it comes back to racism. <laughs> can I get – can you get an echo on my mic, Brandon? No. No, okay. Sorry. Racism. Racism. I like – right. Racism, racism, racism. That's I'm not a I'm not an echo master. I'm a comedian, um, but I, I I like that people because these letters that keep coming up, especially about Cam Newton. People have been writing fake letters, which I like. I mean, flood the system with these fake letters. It's ridiculous that they would even print these things. But this one from a fan named Sarah, a Seahawks fan named Sarah, is legit, and I would like to read it to you with the appropriate music, uh, Brandon, if you please. <laughs> Dear Mr. Newton, I'm a Seahawks fan. I bleed blue and green. Shut up. Although I will be the first to tell you that today we did not bring our A game and we were beat fair and square. There's one thing, though, one thing that needs to be said. This does not need to be said. My news feed is filled with you, Mr. Newton, and not in a good way. A video of you pulling a 12th, uh, a 12th flag down and throwing it to the ground like garbage, which is what it is. You see that the you see the one that people don't you see the thing that people don't realize is Seahawks fans aren't just fans. This is not true. That is exactly what you are, Seahawks fans. <laughs> the twelfth man is a community, a family, that regardless of winning, stand behind our team and our community. So you see, Cam, disrespecting the twelfth man flag isn't just disrespecting our team; it's disrespecting the fans that back our team, a community that feeds and clothes the homeless, a community that raises funds for families in hard times, a community that helps a three-year-old girl battle cancer. A community that has more grace and respect than you could imagine. Let me stop. For, what does that mean? You brought up a three-year-old girl with cancer to say that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be upset at someone having a 12th man flag in the stadium? That is completely ridiculous and disrespectful. You see, Cam, while you're practicing for your next game, our QB will be at Seattle Children's Hospital, oh, raising the flag that you break. shamelessly threw to the ground. And he will be placing them on the hospital walls of, little tw of the little 12s. I'm, I'm going to puke. So, Cam, the next time you think of disrespecting our flag, I hope you remember that even though we may not have won the game, 
It is the Seahawks and the 12th man who are the real winners. That is, that uh, is patently false. You lost. That's the opposite. Win or lose, we come with class, respect, a love for the game, a willingness to help others, love for God, and a love for those surrounding us. So, Mr. Classless Cam Newton, good luck, and may God teach you what real winning looks like. Signed, Sarah. That is revolting. <laughs> revolting that you feel like you should have won the game because your quarterback, who wasn't good enough to beat Cam Newton, is at Children's Hospital during the, during the other game. I don't believe that. You think Cam New- You think that uh, you think that Russell Wilson is going to miss the NFC Championship game? To go to Children's Hospital and talk to kids with cancer? I don't. Either I think that, watch that game. Either that or he's chilling by the pool with Macklemore just singing to him. That's right. Either way, Macklemore doesn't likeable. have cancer. <laughs> Macklemore doesn't have cancer yet. <laughs> Macklemore's the child inside all of us with cancer. <laughs> by the way, the, the whole the whole our team has more class thing, it's so stupid because every team has their shape. Then, then you have to be a perfect team. Their first round pick this year, or the first pick they took, they didn't have a first round pick, was Frank Clark who was kicked off his team at Michigan for a domestic violence incident against his girlfriend. So you're you're basically, you know, you could it's and it's not even fair to point that out cuz every team's going to have some something like that on it. So by acting like the the 12 like that guy's representing the 12s. Yeah, you don't bring that you you keep that flag in your own stadium. You don't take it to someone else's. That's not where it belongs. And then if you throw it on the ground you can't be like, "Oh, our community raises money for the homeless." You're a city. Every city does that. <laughs> God, I like Seattle so much, but this sucks. They suck. You're old Droog. I was listening to John Wayne remix. I love the Big Boss Man shout out. Your old Droog likes to likes to name check wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers, which I which I enjoy. I was a big fan back in the day. And Big Boss Man was certainly legit. Greg, what's next? Eddie Lacy is in the news this week. Of course, he was part of uh, the classic game on Saturday night. I would say the game of the year in the NFL, Packers-Cardinals. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that when it was happening, Anthony. We'll talk no? about it later. Uh, he <laughs> was part of the slowest 60-plus yard run in, in NFL history. I took, saw that. It took him a long time to get down the field. And that really made his condition and conditioning a bigger topic uh, going into the offseason, and Mike McCarthy, the Packers head coach, you know, for the first time, he really called Eddie Lacy out for being out of shape throughout the season. It was a lingering issue. You could basically see it with Eddie Lacy. He was not in particularly good shape, and he was saying, look, Lacy has to, he has to be at a lower weight in 2016 if he wants to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, he, they said he showed up uh, in the offseason. He had a bad offseason. Showed up way out of shape, and he got better in, in better shape as the season went on, but you got to show up ready to go day one. Uh, what I love about this story is I was reading about it. They have a lot of his tweets. They went into his Twitter. <laughs> and it's amazing how many of his tweets are about food. And you had told me about You like brought up the story to me. And I thought, that's funny. He's talking about food. But it's not just that he's talking about food. It's what food he's talking about that is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I don't know if Eddie Lacy bleeds marijuana. But that's what it sounds like from these tweets. Let me let me just read. I'm gonna read as many as I can. Greg, you stop me if you're gonna throw. No, okay, get to the end. I, I like them. Uh, let's go. Uh, October October fourth, two thousand eleven. I want a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. Okay, I'm not saying that it's funny that he wanted that. I'm saying that it's funny that he had to tell everybody. <laughs> this got 336 retweets that he wanted that. He had to say it. So he's not just thinking it. He's like his whole body is like um, his thumbs had to tell you. That's how much he wanted it. All I keep thinking about is food. Hashtag Sonic. 
Here I Come. That right. Sonic's good. I've we had some Sonics in New Orleans. I've never eaten a Sonic. Never had Sonic either. Actually, I've only had it like once, but it was in New Orleans. It but I know, I know you can just show up at Sonic. I know you don't have to tell them. You don't have to be like, hey, here I come, Sonic. <laughs> it was I'm right down the street start. from your old uh, job at Rick's Cabaret in New Orleans, Bourbon Street. That was a Sonic? I thought that was a, that was a Crystal Burger. Oh, I'm an idiot. That's a, there wasn't a Sonic in New Orleans. You, uh, there was a Rally Burger, and there was a Crystal Burger. And Rally Burger was good. Crystal Burger was gross. Okay, now I understand why you're trying to leave the uh, Rosen. I'm not trying to do it. I am doing it. <laughs> uh, next tweet, uh, that food, though. Hashtag, yes, Lord. Okay, this is, he's not just praying. He's publicly praying on Twitter about that food, though. Which is amazing. Uh, next tweet, this food got me sleepy. <laughs> so he's already eaten. He's already eaten, but he still can't stop talking about it. It's making him tired. And this is not Thanksgiving. That's what you're thinking. It's not. That was in July. Uh, next tweet, guess I'll start my day off with some fast food. Gross, Eddie. You're not, you, you should be bragging about that. It's a bad way to start your day. Uh, next tweet, made it to the crib. About to get on this food and watch Unknown. <laughs> I assume he's going to watch a TV show called Unknown. Well, he just doesn't care about what he's going to watch. He's going to watch himself eat in a mirror. Uh, in my apartment, packing my things, who would be so nice and offer to bring me some food? <laughs> he's publicly begging for food while he's getting ready for a trip. That is, uh, that is shameless. We'll do moose stuff for food. Hashtag family guy. Uh, he, he'll do moose stuff? Does that mean he'll do like an Uncle Joey antlers sort of bullwinkle thing if someone brings him food? I think it's some sort of Family Guy reference we don't even understand. Uh, and thankfully so. Uh, eating my ass off in here, <laughs> knowing I'm possessed to be losing, knowing I'm post to be losing weight. Hashtag SMDH, which I believe means shaking my damn head. That's right. Um, You're really with it. So he's, he's supposed to be losing weight, but he, ha- he has to eat and then he has to tweet that he's eating his ass off in here. I assume he's hiding in a closet with a bunch of Big Macs. Uh, next one, been eating gummy bears for the past 30 minutes. <laughs> He's been eating gummy bears for a half hour straight, and he had to tell somebody. You're right. It's really not the fact that it happened. It's the fact, no. it's the fact that he tweeted it. Yeah. If someone followed him around and wrote these things, you'd be like, okay, it's weird you're following him. But the fact that he's got to tell people. And then the last one, I'm about to go get some China food. Uh, smiley face. Not Chinese food, but China food. Uh, I assume because he's eating for a billion people, um, and that was that was uh, Eddie Lacy, uh, horrible dietitian. Ah, your old Droog, more forty deuce. Go cop that old your old Droog. He's the best. The rare uh, Fran Lebowitz shout out during a uh, rap song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She deserves it. She's big. earned it. It's big time. Julian Edelman and Tom Brady were in the news this week, you know, having a little fun with each other on Facebook. Of course, they are going to their fifth straight AFC championship game. That's a record. Did you know that? I did not. I did not. Hopefully. uh, Who are you going to root for in that game, by the way? Oh, Denver. I'm I'm rooting for Denver all the way. Not only because I hate the Patriots. uh, It's in my bones. But that I root for the team that knocked me out. You know, I would like to see, I would like to see them go all the way. I, but I honestly, I'll, I'll believe right now that whoever wins that game is going to lose to whoever wins the NFC Championship. I sort, I believe that too. I hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope we're both wrong. But I, I do believe that. I think sure. the Patriots will get there. They're great. I mean, they're a great team. They're coached, uh, they're coached by a, uh, a master, but they're banged up. Everyone's banged up right now, and a lot of it's luck of the draw. Okay, now that I've um, wasted time so I could find this thing. Hey, this was the Facebook post that Tom Brady posted uh, this week. 
I don't know. Do you follow him on Facebook? You're not even on Facebook. No. Anthony went went rogue and went went dark off social media other yeah. than Twitter. Uh, well, Tom Brady's got a very active account. You know, he likes to have he likes to have fun. And he had a he had a picture of Brady trying to score a touchdown last week, right when he was at the goal line getting tackled. And in the background, Edelman, Julian Edelman, is kind of you know doing the touchdown signal, kind of flexing. And he said, "Hey, Julian, how about a, a little less flexing and a little more blocking next time?" Okay. That's a terrible joke. It's, a, it's one of the lamest jokes ever. Brady has no sense of humor whatsoever. Don't tell me that someone who eats avocado ice cream enjoys life in any way. The only funny thing Tom Brady has ever done is leave a pregnant Bridget Moynihan. <laughs> I went there. I did it. Uh, I do not like this. It's clearly he's got a team that puts these together. Whenever you see like a Tom Brady photoshopped in something, it's, it's clear that his team is doing it. Hey, Tom, maybe no. this will make you likable. Maybe this will make people like you instead of hating you. The way Bridget Moynihan does. <laughs> <laughs> Julian Edelman yeah, got his crack team of uh, social media people together. Or maybe it's actually Julian Edelman. I don't know if he could afford. He probably could. His own team. Uh, and he responded quickly. said, my bad, Tom Brady. It's usually when I died for the pylon. pylon. It counts for a touchdown. What do you think it, what do you Hap- think it costs to wink, have? Wink face, by the way, right after that. that. That really diminishes it. The wink. Love you, bud. God, you are obsessed with describing emojis. It's like your favorite, it's like your favorite thing to do. Uh, no, what do, you, what do you think? What do you guys think a, uh, a team, a social media team costs? You said you think he, Edelman, could, Edelman could afford it. What do you think it costs? I have no idea. $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's, uh, Brady's team's got to cost a lot more. This whole thing with. Does this trend annoy you in general? The whole like, hey, we're going to be fun and have someone else represent our brand on social media and go back and forth with each other. It's it's, an annoying trend in general because it's so popular and it's lapped up. And and occasionally like this, this sort of thing will happen in, in our newsroom and people are like, well, it's probably it's probably not Tom Brady. Well, you think it's probably it's not, not Tom Brady? Of course it's not. There's no chance. I would <laughs> guess he's not even aware of it. There's a chance they run it by him. It's probably his brother or whoever his manager who, who's doing it. You know, there's someone in charge of that account. All he thinks about is football. That's all he thinks about, and rightly so. He's got his kids, his wife, and football, and that's all he thinks about, and I understand that. So these things are so cheesy, but I think – I don't hate them because I recognize them. So when someone's actually doing something for real, like being funny, and you can tell that it's like a team thing and they're all doing it together, which we'll get to in a second, then I love it. Um, let's go to the next one. You still drunk. Are we doing these together? I thought we were going to do a, a, a song and then play it. See, you're, you're a big part of my problem, Brandon. <laughs> this is why I'm leaving. Even if, even if Roger Goodell walked in here right now, got in his knees – and said, Anthony, please, please, please stay and do this podcast, I would say, what about Brandon? What is he going to do? And there's nothing you could do. I'm going to go on without the song. Let's talk about Gronk's jokes. Let's talk about Gronk doing a tweet. Greg, read it. Rob Gun- read it. Rob Gunkowski this week, and this had nothing to do with the Edelman-Brady back and forth. No. Um, someone tweeted at him that they heard, heard the Broncos are going to hit Gronkowski in the new in the knees to try to take him down. So be be careful, Gronk. And he decided to retweet that with a with a comment on top of it, Jesselnik style. That's how you like to do it. <laughs> uh, and his response was, "Heard their whole team is good at giving low blows." <laughs> Wait, you know you just made a face that no one can see because it's a podcast. Well, you just made you made a criticism that you didn't want me describing it, so I did it for no, you. No, I like that you described it. I just like to make fun it of it. It was uh, it was a a wink, but with with the tongue out. With the tongue so that's out. like. 
hey, I'm making a joke, but I'm a little crazy. Also, he put a football in my just because he's Gronk. Uh, this is he. This is the opposite of what Brady did because it's clear that Gronk did this himself, and that's a high bar for Gronk. <laughs> that's Gronk doing his best impression of Mark Twain. He's still li- he's still high fiving himself for that one. Hey, is that Rob Gronkowski's Twitter account, or did Oscar Wilde come back to life and fall in love with emojis? Only Roger Goodell knows for sure, and he ain't talking, brother. Lloyd, I knew this teasing of a rising band. Try to talk to me about Reggie and Cush. What you do? I do like Reggie Bush. Give him the Hosman fan. My black fans is really loyal, Billy Hoyle. That was your old Droog. That was another part of Listen, the John Wayne remix. Yeah, I love Gronk. Gronkowski's so, he's so authentic, whereas Brady is not at all. He is the only patriot I can think of in team history that could get away with that. He, you know, they, they, keep a, they run a pretty tight ship. Remember if when if he, someone else did that, on the it would definitely be taken down. It's got fifty six thousand retweets right now. Oh yeah, it would definitely be taken down. If it was a lower level player on the team, I believe Bill Belichick would cut the guy for that based on this history. Like I've okay. I've read books where there was this guy on the team. His name was Steve Martin. He was a defensive lineman. And, you know he made some trash talk before some big you know some game in two thousand. And Belichick was livid and just you know he just decided to cut him. Mm-hmm. But. I, that's why I like Belichick. It's not about treating everyone the same. Maybe this is what you're talking about with talent. He knows Rob Gronkowski is the best damn tight end of all time. He can do whatever he wants oh, on sure. Twitter. Plus, plus, everyone loves him. Like I, I hate the Patriots, but I love Gronkowski. Like, who was the guy who made all the jokes about Rex Ryan and the feet? Wes Welker. Wes Welker, and he benched him for the first quarter? Right. I mean, that, and one of his yep, best a players. Playoff game, or was yeah. it a playoff game? I believe it was. I think it was, and that, which was crazy to do. So even if it's like your best player, he'll still do it. Um I think it's right. Like, remember when Gronkowski sh- shot a video after Deflategate, saying the only thing that you can like deflate is these nuts. <laughs> and everyone, not only did everyone show the video, but everyone laughed at it. Like they, they love Gronkowski. He can do no wrong. He's like the me of the NFL. <laughs> uh, Gronkowski, big tough guy. You know, he used to be a big tough player. People don't remember Ron Rivera. He's going to be coach of the year this year. But he used to be on that 1986 Bears defense. So that's why he gets a lot of respect from his defensive players. And when he lays down the law in Carolina, people listen. Mm-hmm. And this week when he laid down the law, it was, a, it was a weird sort of rule. He has banned hoverboards from the Panthers facility. He says he's caught a couple players drag racing in the hallway one time. Didn't think it was safe. Hoverboards are out. It's not safe at all. I mean, I think every NFL team should ban all their. If, you, if you're a player and you get hurt in a hoverboard, you sh- your contract should be void. Uh, and you don't want them getting hurt on a hoverboard. You want them getting hurt on the field. If Rivera was a real coach, though, he'd incorporate the hoverboard into the offense. Can you imagine the hot takes <laughs> if Cam took it into the end zone on a hoverboard? There's nothing in the NFL rulebook that says you can't use hoverboards. <laughs> you might think there is a rule against using hoverboards. That's college football. In the NFL, anything goes. Anything goes. That was 40 Deuce. That was your old Droog. I think we're playing that. that, I mean, that is just a great, great song. Uh, Everyone's a fan now. But you know what everyone's a fan of also? It's time for everyone's favorite weekly segment. You guessed it. It's who felt like he's had sex. Oh, yeah. Last Tuesday, Heisman Trophy winner and former NFL running back Eddie George made his Broadway debut in the role of Billy Flynn in a new production of Chicago. George made his entrance through a fluttering circle of pink ostrich feathers, wearing a tuxedo and white carnation. 
singing I don't care about expensive things, cashmere coats, diamond rings. Don't mean a thing. All I care about is love. And at the end of the musical, audience members chanted, Eddie, Eddie. And Mr. George, feeling slightly overwhelmed, took a final bow and thanked the audience, yelling from the stage, I feel like I had sex. I'm tired. And you know what that means. He felt like he's had sex. Uh. Sit back and enjoy the ride. 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 You know what? I changed my mind. I'll be back again. <laughs> so I brought it all back around. The NC-17 uh, portion of the program, now over basically. But uh, we are back, and uh, it's my favorite part of the week, Recommendation Station. Recommendation Station. Let's take it down. Greg, what do you got this week? I'm going to recommend a book and a movie, one of the best movies I saw this year, Amy, the documentary about Amy Winehouse. I wasn't a huge Amy Winehouse fan going into it, mm-hmm. left a big fan, and just nothing better than a good doc. This is one you should see. Yeah, I, I'll have to just check it out. I have not good. seen it yet. I was, a, I was a fan of hers. Got to see her live a couple times. It's incredible. It's and, a, It's uh, a... It's like I think documentaries are going to change now because there's so much found footage from cell phones and mm-hmm. everything. That's what the whole movie is based on. It's almost it's like a little like montage of Heck the Nirvana one where it's almost uncomfortable how much access you have, but it's much better. It's a much better movie. I'll have to see it. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things, but you recommending it, I will definitely check it out. Uh, what's your book? Uh, the book, you know, if we only have a few weeks left, I got to get out some classics. Confederacy of Dunces. Okay. One of the all-time funniest movies. It is so, I mean, funniest books. It's so hard for a novel to be funny. Confederacy of Dunces is funny. It captures New Orleans just about better than any book ever. It's true. When I love the backstory, too. I love it all. When did you read it? I read it for the first time in college, and I didn't, it, I didn't totally love it. And then I reread it about five years ago, and it blew me away. Yeah, Greg and I, uh, of course, went to Tulane together. That's where we met, uh, which is in New Orleans. And I feel like everyone had a copy of that book. Like, you almost, like, got it when you showed up on yeah. campus freshman year. Then I kind of stayed away from it. Me too. I read it after college, like, right afterwards, and it made me just fall in love with the city again. And, again, the story behind it, how it was uh, published uh, posthumously. 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 But his mother insisted that, uh, that people read it, and, uh, and, and is, is a classic is, uh, is unbelievable. You know who helped get it published? Walker Percy. That's right. My yes. Son's yes. Walker Percy. Um, those are great recommendations, Greg. Uh, you've kind of made up for what you did two weeks ago when you completely <laughs> the bed. Uh, this week, uh, I'll recommend my book first. Uh, my favorite book, uh, one of my favorite books of all time, maybe my favorite book of the past uh, 20 years, uh, Brett Easton Ellis' uh, Glamorama. Wow. Uh, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was meeting Brett Easton Ellis, telling him my favorite book was Glamorama. And he said, oh, yeah, I, that Glamorama is my favorite book. And I realized I've been mispronouncing it my entire life. Uh, a great book. Again, a very funny book. Uh, a lot, yeah, a lot that's of great true. Jokes in there. One of the first books to actually take the character kind of uh, uh, interacts with cele- modern day celebrities who, you know, the, it's like the character, main character will be having a conversation with Skeet Ulrich. You know, it's a very, it's a great take on celebrity and how, how hollow and awful it is. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite books. I recommend everyone check it out. You'll love it. And the movie, the movie I saw this week, unbelievable. I can't believe I slept on it so long. Here's how good this movie is. I watched it during during the second half of the Cardinals-Packers game, when I got out of the theater, I got all these texts like, did you see the end of that game? Ran home, watched the end, of the- and I did not regret missing the game because the movie was so good. I went and saw Brandon. What did I see? You went and saw Creed. I saw Creed. Brandon saw it too this week. That's why I made him jump in there. Yep. I finished my sentence. That was Avengers 2, man. Creed is amazing. Creed, I was so hyped 
afterwards. I went home and just did one-armed push-ups and shadow box until I fell asleep. Dude, that was impressive. It's amazing. It's such a great – it's the best Rocky movie – I think of all of them. I mean, Rocky One is incredible. It's a classic. But this one, everything is done perfectly. Stallone is the best he's ever been in anything. I think he deserves all the love for Best Supporting Actor. Um, I can't believe the director didn't get nominated. I can't believe he didn't get Best Picture nominated. What about Michael I can't B. believe Jordan? Michael B. Jordan didn't how did, get Best How did Michael nominated. B. Jordan not get nominated? He totally that. could have. He's got a bright future. Stallone is amazing. It kind of bums me out that he's probably going to win over Tom Hardy for The Revenant, uh, which is the, the best performance of the year, I think. But uh, everyone go see Creed. Mm. It is Awesome. And just, I mean, when I'm going through all this adversity with the NFL Network, seeing a movie like that <laughs> just made me know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm fighting the good fight. And that was Recommendation Station. Focus, Junior. Got the drop like your Kazuna. That's Bazaar. No matter what, they gone spy. Have the old man throw powder in your eye. Then it stopped when I come through like Hogan with the leg drop. Drew. That was your old Droog. A little more of Listen, the John Wayne remix. Who's got a higher batting average right now than Michael B. Jordan? I mean, The Wire, Friday Night Lights, yeah. Real Station. I know he's Fantastic Four, but for the most part, that's pretty big. He's pretty the best big. part of Fantastic Four. He he can do no wrong. He's uh, he's great. And he's jacked in Creed. Jacked. No way that's legal. How long do you think it took him <laughs> to get ready for that role? Oh my, a year. It, it's it's he's. He's awesome in that movie. Dude, his back. When they show the back of him, it's got every muscle popping out. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Ask Anthony this week is oh. from uh, Ken Valkenberg. He asks Anthony, did Anthony have a Pittsburgh accent, and did he have to work hard to get rid of it? A great question. Uh, I feel like this is one of the reasons I've never been embraced by my home city of Pittsburgh. They, like, don't know that I'm from there. Like, I go home and play shows in Pittsburgh, like, once a year. When I, I walk out on stage and say, Pittsburgh, I'm home, and the crowd has no idea what I'm talking about. I don't sound like I'm from Pittsburgh. I don't look like I'm from mm. Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I was kind of raised just outside of the city. You know, what I mean, like, not I, like, really. Like, I mean, in the suburbs, I guess. I the guess suburbs, yeah, but like, but very close to the city. I'm the last trolley stop. That's what I'm know, saying. It's part uh, of the city. It's right there. No one, no one I grew up with really had the accent, and my whole family kind of talks the same. People say I sound like Christopher Walken. My dad gets that, so I don't know if I and if I if I ever said Yins, if I'd be like, hey, Yins, going. My parents were like, don't say that. Like, don't talk that way. So you were ashamed uh, of where you were from? Not at all. I was, I was very proud, but I, was, I, I learned to speak uh, in, a, in a, the most correct way, I guess. But I, I don't think I ever ha- really had an accent. People ask me where I'm from. Like, it's a muddled thing from Pittsburgh and New Orleans. But uh, I think my family just talks this way. I get a Jesselnik accent, and I'm proud of that. I bleed black and gold. Jens. Edited for Jesselnik-related shenanigans. The uh, listeners, though, I've I've always been I've been surprised how people have enjoyed this show. It almost seems ridiculous that anyone would listen to it. Of course, uh, but the response has been great. I love getting all your tweets and your comments on iTunes. That helps us out. You've been giving us lots of five stars. It's been doing really well. I love the people that send me tweets that they're actually reading the books we recommend, which sort of blows my mind. Uh, and every week we do a listener of the week from iTunes. And let's pick a short one because this show is getting long. Harry Seward. Crikey. I discovered this podcast on Friday. I listened to all 11 episodes over the weekend. I recommend this pro- approach. I didn't watch any of the regular season. And now... I'm totally caught up. That's the way to do it. People are binge listening to this show. Yeah, and I'm just going to make it easier for them to get caught up. 808 smelling like Reaganomics. So 40 deuce declining. Office to see comics. I'm good. The rap game is a comedy show. If I need a laugh, I just watch their video. <laughs> that was Joel Droog. That was more of 40 deuce. You know what? Let's go straight into predictions. You want to do that? What? You don't want to do the hot take of the week? It's not that long of a show. 
How long is it? I'm pulling back the curtain. It's not that long. We're at 51 minutes right now. Okay. Okay, I'll do it. We'll do the we'll do the house hot take of the week. It will be quick. What is your, see? Let me let's do some behind the scenes. Let's pull the curtain back now since we have so much time. I wrote while Greg was reading that. I wrote skip hot take with a question mark and circled it so you could look at it and be like, yeah, we're we're running we're running uh, short on time. And then Greg wrote S, let's drit. <laughs> let's let's do it. Okay. Let's just do it. And what was the S? I don't know. I think I changed my mind in mid. mid uh, I was gonna say sure. I, cha- I changed my mind. I'm indecisive. We now wasted more time even talking about this than uh, the hot take would have been. Philadelphia Radio this week suspended a radio personality. They didn't fire him. They suspended him. For how long? They su- suspended him for three days for using a racial slur. His name is Josh Innes, and it was on 94.1 WIP, which, if you know Philadelphia, is the big sports station there. For calling Jason Kelsey, a center on the Philadelphia Eagles, a house Negro. And the radio host explained it in a very meandering, difficult way by saying he had watched Malcolm X recently at the airport. And there was a concept called the house Negro in this movie. And he tried to explain it. And Jason Kelsey is that guy. The, on, on the Philadelphia. Makes me furious. I hate when people are racist and they try to explain their racism. Like, I don't mean to sound racist, but that's ridiculous. And I hate that you try to make it okay before you say something. Especially a guy who has that kind of power on the radio to be like, oh, I was watching Malcolm X, so I thought of this. Like, I'm not racist at all, but Malcolm X was saying it. So I'm just <laughs> going to repeat that. It's insane. Uh, he should be fired. He should be fired for what he said. What's even worse is, uh, I think, is not, not worse, it's just as bad, is Jason Kelsey's response. I think is uh, was rough. I want to read that. Um, do you have Do you have that for me? I do. Okay. Jason Kelsey responds, and you would think he, he could say this guy should be fired. Never call me that. That is an insult to my entire race and and everyone. I'm insulted that he would call someone a house negro uh, on his own team. On his on his own. Oh, and it's a white team. guy too, which makes it even more confusing. Jason Kelsey's a white guy. <laughs> so you didn't even realize this. Yes. Oh, this is this is even worse. So Jason Kelsey responds uh, online. He says, "In the media, I just try to be devoted and respectful to my teammates and coaches, as I believe negative comments only lead to the dissension and possible destruction of a team. It's my job to ensure that I have my teammates and coaches back, no matter what." so that they can trust me in return. I believe this is a basic principle of team camaraderie and loyalty, and if that makes me a house Negro, as Josh Enos put it, I'll take it. You'll take it? <laughs> you do not have to take it to be a good teammate. And secondly, your season is over. It, it's done. You should go kill this guy. You should get your whole, your whole team on a bus and go over there and beat, beat this guy. Go get your Josh brother, Enos. Travis Kelsey, baby Gronk. Go after him. I... <laughs> I don't, I don't like anyone in this story. The, the suspension thing is what gets me. Whenever these radio shock jocks say something racist or sexist or wildly stupid and then they apologize for it, it's always like, we're taking this very seriously. He's off the air for three days. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, this guy who's probably always – and there's always that segment where it's like, hey, he's just doing his thing. He's his guy. Well, he's exposed himself as a total moron. A ra- and a he has a – he has a broadcast position for three hours a day. Why do you need to keep that guy on at all? No, for no reason at all. They just want to see if people are going to keep getting mad. Maybe it goes away in a couple of days. I hope it does not, and I hope they have to fire him. Because he wasn't joking. I understand what jokes are. That was not a joke. He was making a point, and he should, he should lose his job. And his children should have the food they ate for breakfast taken from their mouths. 
taken from their mouths this morning for what he said. Let's do some predictions. Had the nine outside like WrestleMania 9. On the grind, defying, getting dollars. Gorilla body suit with the airbrush muscles like giant Gonzalez. Keeping an eye out for impalas. Your old Droog. That was a little more of Listen, John Wayne remix. Uh, shout out to my dad, who I know has been enjoying all mm. the hip-hop today. Shout and uh, shout out to all the Twitter followers who have asked us to have Anthony tell a story about one of his emails that he talked about way back in episode one. And this this gets – I love it that people are really listening to the show from the beginning and remembering. And they said way back in West episode one, you said you were going to tell a great story about an email you got sometime in the playoffs. This show is going long, so why don't we do it next week or a future show before we're off the air, Anthony? And let's get to. Predict. I'll do it next week, just so that we can definitely do it, because next week might not might be the end. And again, after the, maybe the NFL listens to this one and says we're not putting this guy back on the air. That's a possibility that I am prepared for. It's time for predictions. Uh, this week, I've not repeated a bit. This week, I'm going to do a segment called Barn Burners. It's time for my Barn Burners of the week. I've got two of them. Greg, you go first. <laughs> what a Barn Burner! Uh, it's going to be in the NFC. This is one of the best conference championship matchups. I really mean it. I can remember in a long time. I think there's a the two best teams in the league, the Panthers and the Cardinals, two best offenses in the league. They're fun to watch. They're new. Neither team has ever won a Super Bowl, so that's going to be a big angle when they get to uh, San Francisco and Santa Clara in a couple of weeks. I am taking the Arizona Cardinals. If you've been listening to this show, you know I've, I've picked them to win the Super Bowl all season long. No reason to change that now. They got rid of a stinker. Uh, performance from Carson Palmer last week. I think he'll play much better. A lot of deep shots. High-scoring game. Panthers win. Okay. Uh, when it comes to the NFC Championship game, this I know. Antoine Randall-L regrets choosing to play football over baseball. He has trouble walking downstairs and can't remember conversations he just had with his wife. Plus, Panthers beat the Cardinals at home. I hope you have barn insurance because it's going to be a barn burner. The AFC matchup, of course, this week features Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, 17th time they're going to play together. More importantly, the number one defense in the league, the Denver Broncos, needs to play their best game. I think they're going to play well. I don't like this matchup. I don't think the Patriots are some heavy favorites like everyone's making it out to be. Freaks me out a little bit. I kind of can see this story of, oh, Peyton Manning getting dragged along in his final season to the Super Bowl, and it makes me sick. There's no team I would rather lose to less than the Denver Broncos and the and Peyton Manning, and I could totally see it happening. But you know I'm a Patriots fan. Of course I'm going to pick them in a close one, 17-16, low-scoring game. Wow, wow. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Christmas is coming late for Denver fans, as this week would have been Junior Seau's 47th birthday. But nobody is celebrating because that's not how birthdays work <laughs> in Goodell's America. Broncos over Pats at home. I hope your cows and chickens are ready to die. It's going to be a barn burner. That was predictions. God, song it makes me weepy now. That's whenever I hear that song, I'm gonna remember the good times. It's my not attempt like, to keep you. Not the more recent times, but like the good times that I've had. Uh, doing this podcast with you, Greg. And speaking of uh, one of the reasons I do this podcast, uh, talk to me about uh, my godchildren. How are your son and daughter? How are Walker and Ellis? Not one of the best weeks in the Rosenthal household. As you know, uh, Emika, my wife, uh, this is not a made-up story, burned herself last week 
during uh, where's my car? What's up, everybody? DJ here from Move the Sticks, along with Bucky Brooks, our podcast. We look at the NFL through a player personnel perspective, looking at teams, looking at matchups, looking at the NFL draft. You can catch us on Move the Sticks, nfl.com slash podcast, as well as iTunes.